welcome to the West Cheltenham podcast. We want to see communities and places buzzing with the extraordinary presence of Jesus. Join us live on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30am. We really hope you enjoy this message. Morning everyone, shall we pray before we start? Father God, I pray for these next few minutes that our hearts and our ears will be open to what you want to say to each of us this morning. I pray that the words that I, I speak will land on open ears and that people will hear from you this morning and that we will respond to what you're saying to each one of us, Lord. Amen. So we're, we're continuing in our series looking at the, the Beatitudes. And, uh, and I got blessed, well, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rod. Now, I, don't, I don't know about you, but meek isn't really a word that I, I use in my day-to-day vocabulary. It's not kind of one of those go-to descriptions that I've got, um, unless it's Christmas. And then we sort of tend to, meek tends to come up a lot more at Christmas, doesn't it? It's, uh, uh, we, we sing a few songs about being meek or about how Jesus is being meek. But, but Matthew 5.5 5 said, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It's a bold statement, isn't it? The meek will inherit the earth. Big statement. Small theme, perhaps, with a big inheritance. So the words Jesus uses in the, in the Beatitudes there uh, during the Sermon on the Mount, they have a direct correlation to today's reading. So that, that bit, Psalm 37, 11, tells us, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. So looking at the Beatitudes in particular recently, it's kind of made me realize that meek is probably one of those words in the Bible that I sort of just glaze over, I think, when I read it. It's one of those that I don't really think about in any, in any real detail, possibly because I don't fully understand it, so I just kind of read meek and on we go. So I kind of have my own interpretation, I think, of the word meek, but I wanted to see what others thought about it. So I looked it up, and the kinds of words that came up to describe meek were, were these ones. Cowardly, weak, no confidence, submissive, easily imposed upon, easily influenced, docile, yielding, spineless, timid, wimpish, scared. I don't know about you, but they aren't necessarily words that I would want to be described as. I wouldn't take it as a compliment if somebody told me that I was all of those things, necessarily. Yet in the Beatitudes, Jesus is seemingly saying that the meek are blessed. So what does he mean by that? And sometimes when I delve into things, I get so involved and kind of blinkered on one thing. So it's helpful sometimes just to take a little step back and readjust my viewpoints on it. So instead of completely focusing on meek, I wanted to look at three areas which are almost considered the opposite of meek. Three areas which could in fact be seen as areas which are the downfall of the meek. So the three things I want to look at this morning are power, status, and influence. 
So you've got power, status, and influence. So starting with power, the, the people that, that Jesus was speaking to during the Sermon on the Mount, uh, they would have been hugely aware of what power meant and the impact that it had. So being a people that were ruled by the Romans, uh, they would have seen firsthand what happens when the powerful and the powerless clash. The Roman army and the Roman governance was well known as being one of the most powerful in history. They lived in a time where the order of the day was very much an eye for an eye. The culture of that, though, and the reality of it meant that often things would escalate. So you'd start off with what was perhaps a, a small disagreement, and an eye for an eye would mean that it would go back and forth and escalate and build up and build up and build up. And when, thing, when that happens and things get bigger and bigger and it escalates, who ultimately wins? It's whoever is the more powerful of the two. We've been watching a bit of Frozen Planet recently with the, with the kids. And, and you see it in that, don't you? And when you've got two animals, sometimes they work in packs to make themselves more powerful. But time after time, you see the more powerful of the animals is the winner. But because of that culture that they were growing up in, the, the striving in their lives would have been very power-led. So to reach the dizzy heights of high power was the ultimate reward. And in fact, it was used as a reward. Often if you did something good or you kind of you, you done something to the right person that's in your favor, you'll be rewarded with power. So Jesus saying these things to the crowd and contradicting the status quo would have been a big deal. He's speaking to these people saying, that's not the way that you have to behave. Instead, live the, live the life in the way that I am and you will be the real winner, not the powerful bully. It says in the, in the reading today, Psalm 37, 5 and 6, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. He's saying that power isn't the reward. Your reward comes from God. And you don't have to look far in, in history, possibly even recent history, to see what happens when power that's been dished out as reward or, or claimed by force, you don't have to look far to see what happens when that power goes to people's heads? Who are the first to suffer? It's the powerless. The everyday people. Those people with the power, they lose touch with those without it. They become so used to, to living in power that they become so far removed from the reality of what life is like for the everyday person that the decisions they make create more harm than help. I'm sure if we think about decisions that governments around the world have made, we can identify with that. The message translation of Psalm 37:11 it shifts the meaning of it slightly, and I really like it. Well, it did for me, anyway. It moves from the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity to this. Down-to-earth people will move in and take over, relishing a huge bonanza. Suddenly the picture of being meek is, is shifted from all those connotations that we mentioned earlier to just being someone who's down to earth, someone who's relatable. Someone who is down to earth is someone with no illusions or pretensions. They are practical and realistic. If the powerful have lost touch with reality, 
You need someone who's down to earth to move things forward. And that's something that I can get on board with. So we can almost redefine the, the beatitude for, for now, for 2022, to say, you know what, blessed are those who are down to earth, because they're the ones who will inherit the earth. So actually, the meek are more relatable and down to earth than the powerful. So what about status? Status has had somewhat of a limelight recently, uh, particularly surrounding the royal family. As the, as the various titles and honours have been more in front of us than they have been before. I don't know about you, but I, I found the whole thing quite fascinating. And I sort of found myself delving into, well, why is he a prince and he's a viscount? And kind of what's the difference? And what's the, uh, what, what are all the royal faux pas? Kind of like, what, what shouldn't you do if you bump into the Queen and Aldi or something? I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> I, don't, I don't imagine that happening. But when you look at the original text for these passages, both... Matthew 5 and Psalm 37. It's the, it's the same Greek word which is used for meek across both of them. And the Hebrew translation of that is the word anav. And the anav means poor, afflicted, humble, lowly, or meek. I mentioned earlier that meek is often a word that is banded around a bit more at Christmas. Another word that crops up at Christmas quite a lot is lowly. You know, once in Royal David's city, stood a lowly cattle shed. And there's others. We're, we're not going to do a Christmas sing-along, but if you think of Christmas songs and carols that you like, quite often the word lowly crops up. But Christmas aside, lowly is defined as low in status or importance. And I think there's something amazing in that. As we walk through Jesus' life, he is literally the epitome of low in status. At every opportunity, he made it clear to everybody that I'm not better than you. I do not want special treatment. Literally, from the moment he was born to the moment that he died, he was born in a stable. He rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. And on the cross, he wore a crown of thorns. Status is often linked with privilege. And a lack of status is often linked with disadvantage. And again, this would have been a very clear message for the people that Jesus was speaking to. But is, is it as clear to us now in 2022? If you look at the demographics for, for West Cheltenham, we've got both the very rich and we've got the very poor. And I imagine that some people would look at that range and classify it as we've got the privileged on one hand and you've got the disadvantaged on the other. But when we look into the Bible, who did Jesus use the most? Was it the privileged with the nice houses and the expensive clothes? Those who had high status? No, he used the workers on the ground, the everyday person. And often he even used those that were disliked and hated by their community. He used the low in status. He used the lowly. And the Hebrew word anaf puts the low in status and the meek in the same box, in the same category. So we've shifted our mindset of the meek to those who are down to earth and also those who are low in status. 
So our 2022 beatitude is now, blessed are those who are down to earth and low in status, because they are the ones who will inherit the earth. So gradually it's becoming a bit more familiar, a bit more relatable perhaps. So power and status have been overcome. The meek are looking actually pretty strong right now, aren't they? A bit of a contrast to the words that we used at the start. So what about influence? So influencer is a a word which is banded around quite a lot nowadays. With video and and social media and the potential earnings from it now, influencing has become a popular career path. Influence and social media are people who have built a reputation for their knowledge um, and expertise on specific topics. And they make regular posts online about that topic, generate huge followings of people. And brands love social media influencers because it's a way that they can create trends and encourage people to to buy their products if the influencer is using them or demonstrating them. So I might not know what your job is, what your family situation is. You may well be an influencer yourself. But even if that's not your career path, you will all have a degree of influence on the people around you. Be it your colleagues, your friends, your family, your kids. When I worked in sales, we learned a little bit about influence and how to respond to different behaviors and personality types so that we could maximize influence. One of the phrases the trainer used was, people like people like them. People like people like them. Essentially, people like people who are similar to themselves. So we would learn how to go into a room, identify personality types and traits, and how to mirror them to be more relatable to that person. It wouldn't change the the message that we were putting across, but it would change the way that we did it. And it had the potential then to increase the influence that we had on that person. If you get on with someone, or you identify more with someone, you're more likely to listen to what they have to say. The thing is though, you can tell. You can tell when someone is mirroring rather than being genuine. And the best meetings that I had were always, 100% of the time, the ones where there was a genuine likeness, where there was a genuine connection, where you weren't trying to adjust yourself to, to mirror somebody else's behaviors, but actually you could just be yourself. You just got along, you had things in common when you were real. And when we think about those earlier definitions of meek, cowardly, weak, no confidence, submissive, easily imposed upon, easily influenced, docile, yielding, spineless, timid, wimpish, scared, I can guarantee you that there are people both inside and outside of these walls who speak that definition over themselves. Maybe all the time, maybe in certain situations, or when particular things happen. And these people will often be the unseen. They're the ones who go unnoticed, who blend in. They don't get approached or spoken to, even by Christians, even by the church. If these people, and and that could be you, it could be me, 
If these people are missed, then what are we doing wrong? The picture of evangelism is often portrayed as extroverted people smiling and dancing and chatting to everybody and making tea and coffee and cakes and all the rest of it. They know everybody's name, they're friends with everyone, and it all looks so easy, doesn't it? And like that is the answer. That's what you need to be to connect with people. But that person would be absolutely terrifying for someone who views themselves under the worldly definition of meek. What they need is someone like them. Because people like people like them. So if at any time during this talk you've thought, oh, flip, that's me. Or, oh, man, that's definitely what I think of myself. Then you're arguably, in my opinion, the most needed evangelist of our time. Because when people blend into the background and are missed and forgotten by society and everyone around them, they need someone who has walked that walk themselves to see them and come alongside them. And you're uniquely positioned to do that. We're in the process at the moment of opening our our churches and our, our halls as warm spaces that people can come to. Tea and toast at St. Barnabas has already started. And I really want to encourage each of you to come along to those sessions. Tea and toast is St. Barnabas every Friday during term time, half eight till ten. And we're hoping to get some more sessions in in the coming weeks. But head down, have a coffee. You don't have to talk to anybody. You don't have to do anything. You can just blend into the background. But you might not be the only one. But someone else might also be there trying to blend into the background. They just want somewhere where they don't have to pay for heating or worry about the things of life for a moment, for a couple of hours. But that person will find comfort in the familiarity of seeing somebody else there doing the same. And we've seen already how conversations can start out of nowhere and can lead to incredible places. Psalm 37.3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. That's all we're asking. Just dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. So we can update the, the beatitude for now to say, blessed are those who are down to earth, those who are low in status, and those who use their influence for good, because they are the ones who will inherit the earth. So we've overcome power, status, and influence. Who'd have thought that someone so meek could be conquering all of these things? The Bible has a term for the powerful, the high status, the bad influencers. It calls them the wicked. But Psalm 37 tells us not to be concerned with the wicked. And it tells us instead to commit our ways to God and trust in the Lord to restore righteous judgment. Those who trust and wait on the Lord are the ones who will inherit the land. And if we need a guide on how to do it, just read Psalm 37. 
I'm going to read through the message version of it now. And I don't know if you want to close your eyes just whilst I read through it. But don't bother your head with braggarts or wish that you could succeed like the wicked. In no time they'll shrivel like grass clippings and wilt like cut flowers in the sun. Get insurance with God and do a good deed. Settle down and stick to your last. Keep company with God. Get in on the best. Open up before God. Keep nothing back. He'll do whatever needs to be done. He'll validate your life in the clear light of day and stamp you with approval at high noon. Quiet down before God. Be prayerful before him. Don't bother with those who climb the ladder, who elbow their way to the top. Bridle your anger, trash your wrath, cool your pipes. It only makes things worse. Before long, the crooks will be bankrupt. God investors will soon own the store. Before you know it, the wicked will have had it. You'll stare at this once famous place and nothing. Down-to-earth people will move in and take over, relishing a huge bonanza. Bad guys have it in for the good guys, obsessed with doing them in. But God isn't losing any sleep. To him, they're a joke with no punchline. And I'm not saying that we all have to stop what we're doing and suddenly start living this particular way, but perhaps, like I say, you can identify with something in that worldly definition of the meek. Perhaps your view of yourself as being meek has been twisted and warped by modern pressures, and you see yourself as cowardly, as weak, submissive, easily imposed upon, easily influenced, yielding, spineless, timid, wimpish, scared. And if that's the case, then I hope you can see today that there are so, so, so many ways that God can use you. If that is the image you have of yourself, know today that you are blessed, that you can do incredible things. And when it seems like there's no reward, know that one day you will realize your inheritance, and let me tell you, it's going to be amazing. If you put yourself in this category, in any situation, know that through God, you hold more power, more status, and more influence than anyone the world says does. Open your eyes to those who are hiding in the shadows. Encourage others to do the same. In a little bit, we're going to, to welcome Finn and Isla into our family through baptism. And we're going to make some promises together. We don't know where Finn and Isla will be in 3, 5, 10, 20, 40 years' time. But together, we will commit to pray for them and uphold them in their life in Christ. Let us pray that God uses them and their personalities in the same way he can use each of us and ours. You are blessed. 
God can use you just as you are. Particularly today, take this with you. Blessed are those who are down to earth. Blessed are you who are down to earth. It's speaking to you. Blessed are you who are down to earth. You who are low in status and you who use your influence for good. Because you are the ones who will inherit the earth. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, head to westchelt.org.uk or search Westchelt across social media. We love you. We can't wait to see you again.